Welcome to another episode of Good Morning Camera. I am your host, Gadget, and as always, joined by my friend, my compadre, Anthony. Anthony, how are you doing? Good, good, my friend. This is going to be a good one. Uh, you got the Bel Air jersey on. I know folks can't see you yes. listening in, but you're looking fresh today, man. <laughs> I, I got to swap it out for my Toon Squad jersey. Uh, Space Jam, the new legacy just came out, and I don't care what people are saying. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching that, but enough about me. Anthony, do you have your tickets this morning? Do you have your tickets this uh, morning? You know what time it is, my friends? Rumor train time. Yes, yes. We're catching the first train out of the station because there's so much to talk about, so much news happening in the photography space. And I, I feel like I got to give this disclaimer, not only for our audience, uh, but also our friends that work at different brands. Um, mm -hmm. Just to let you know, we can only get on the rumor train so long as we're not privy to any inside information. So all the stuff <laughs> we talk about, uh, once again, these are rumors. These are the mm -hmm. things that are being leaked and talked about online at, on different websites and forums. Uh, if we are privy to inside information, guess what? We're not talking about it. And uh, maybe it's just Anthony hosting a show by himself until the yeah. product in question is released. But until that day comes, Anthony, we're going to start. We're going to be talking about the new Sony camera that just leaked. And it looks crazy different compared to their existing lineup. Mm -hmm. Voigtlander is entering a relationship with Fujifilm, maybe? Maybe that, uh, it seems like there's some strong uh, direction there. Uh, but first, mm -hmm. first, we're going to talk about the Canon EOS R. Three and, and again, I'm very interested about this camera because a new uh, rumor has come out that it'll officially be announced in September. There was some, you know, mm -hmm. speculation about getting it out before the Olympics. Um, this one seems a little bit more stronger where September is actually when this camera is going to be announced. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm curious to you. And again, we, just to recap some of the specs uh, for our people watching, it's supposed to have a 30 megapixel backside illuminated sensor, a first for Canon, a multi-controller and smart controller on the back, very angled display, built-in 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi. You can shoot up to 30 frames per second. Um, they're supposed to have a pupil detecting autofocus technology, um, mm -hmm. eight stops of coordinated image stabilization, focusing in as low as minus seven EV. There's so much here. I want to ask you, if this is being announced in September, how do you think it's going to be received by the creator community? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one to, to kind of keep an eye on and see how this kind of technology works out. I'm, I'm excited to kind of try it out for myself. 30 frames per second is just absolutely wild. Like that's just... That's so many frames, you know? So this is geared to that sports photography thing. Apparently, you know, I think what happened is Peter McKinnon started complaining and he was having a hard time tracking his Ford F-150. So Canon... <laughs> <laughs> so or Canon, Ford Lightning. Maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's yeah, Ford Lightning. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so Canon put in this vehicle tracking uh technology and this is going to be interesting to try out uh this is going to be awesome for like nascar photographers just f1 photographers like anything to do with like the 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 racing is going to be really interesting so this is a a sports camera not the camera that you know is necessarily that i'm going to run out and buy but i really do want to try some uh, of those new uh focusing kind of features like that pupil detection seems really cool too so that's going to yeah. be interesting yeah, I mean, this is definitely not a portable solution. It's meant to be this 
heavy duty creator tool that can take a beating. And uh, I took the 1DX Mark III shortly after it was announced uh, to my trip, uh, you know, to South Asia and traveling around the world with it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I never felt a sense of hesitation to use that camera. You know it's a mean? working it, it's a working man's camera you know this thing is a beast and it, you, yeah. you can, it can be maybe even submerged in water to a degree you can throw dust <laughs> yeah. wind debris at this thing and it, it just kept working so when I'm looking at this the most the, I, I think the way it'll be received uh, is often a hyperbole of actually how the camera is this is just kind of mm-hmm. the nature we live in right and it's gonna come out and people yeah. are gonna say wow it's it's too big and then some people are gonna say but look how good the images are look at look at the <laughs> image stabilization look at how this eye controlled auto like it's always gonna be hyperbole um if it's if it's if it's too big for you then it's just not the camera for you right like that's what people gotta understand this is in that 1dx lineup and people who shoot the 1dx absolutely love it and that's like the camera that they're gonna take to war with right yeah it's a it's a it's a tool right so yeah yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting yeah I, i the thing that i'm more interested is how it's actually going to work in the field. And that's partly what has me, I don't want to say partly, mostly has me excited is the feature set and how they work together. Because looking at how this autofocus technology might work in conjunction Mm -hmm. with the improved autofocus, in conjunction with the uh, image stabilization that's supposed to be up to eight stops, according to them, like all of that coming together, I'm just imagining being in a in a very very dynamic environment, whether it is cars, whether it mm-hmm. is sports, or just fast moving subjects like that, all coming together for remarkable images. I think that's what I'm most excited about. But, but I'll ask you, what's the feature or collection of features that you're most excited to test out when this camera comes out? Yeah, I definitely want to try that pupil autofocusing feature. So essentially, wherever you look is where it's going to focus, right? Uh, if that works, like the future is now. Like this is we are living in the future, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think it's going to be cool to to see other cameras kind of pick this up. Like Sony had, uh, they were like the first to really like kill the eye autofocus. Then they brought out like animal eye tracking, and now Canon is pushing it with like pupil autofocus tracking. Like, <laughs> I yeah. think it's just cool. It's cool. I'm excited to see how that really works. If that works, this camera could be a game changer for those in that sports photography world or or even like wildlife. Uh, I'm, I'm also kind of picturing this camera being used to like capture like political images like of like the president mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know, used mm-hmm. in that kind of environment. Uh, uh, so that's gonna be an interesting uh yeah, to kind of see. yeah. This, this is this is definitely you know the person that's going to be in unpredictable environments this is mm-hmm. a camera that seems right up their alley but enough about canon we got to move on there's still a few more things to talk about um mm-hmm. this one coming out of germany voigtlander cosina they are rumored to announce a knocked on 35 millimeter f 1.2 lens for mm-hmm. the Fuji X mount. And this is interesting. So if you are, you know, familiar with Voigtlander, I mean they traditionally make these M mount lenses for the Leica family and they're while not inexpensive in their own right, they're a much more affordable option compared to Leica's own <laughs> lenses and they offer a ton of value and they feel great. I have one of them myself and it's one of these things that feels like a premium lens. And yeah. this has always been sort of a, a, a niche space that they've been sort of working towards. And now 
they have something coming up for the Fuji mount. And, you know, Fuji's kind of space, especially in the street photography world and their sort of faux rangefinder style cameras, they're now mm -hmm. potentially getting, I mean, this looks like it's official. There's a, a leaked press release images and all this kind of stuff. And it's a manual focus only lens, a 35 millimeter F 1.2 using these German engineered glasses and optics. I have to ask you, what do you think about Voigtlander specifically doing this? And what do you think this means for the Fujifilm ecosystem? Yeah, so this is going to be really interesting. But the thing is, I hate when like you have a lens that has like a crazy aperture, like 1.2 and then their manual focus. I know Leica shooters are probably like dropping their like tiny dentist mirrors right now. I'm clutching like, my pearls right now. <laughs> I'm clutching my pearls right now, Anthony. You don't need autofocus, they'll say, the, you know. But when you got a lens that is 1.2, like think about how shallow of the depth of field that actually is. And if you're going to be manually focusing a 1.2 lens, that's going to be hard. I do want to try this on like an X-Pro3 because like that is kind of, that might be an interesting kind of comparison. And I know that's what you shoot with. So I was wondering, I was more curious about your lens that you have. It is a manual focus, the one that you already have. I can't remember the focal length on that one. What was that? For for my, the Leica? Uh, for for your, your Fuji, you have a manual focus lens, um, don't you? It's like a... Yeah, so that's it, a video one. That's the SLR Magic uh, 25 millimeter. 1.5 t 1.5 uh, okay. for my m6 i'm using well Leica's own sumerit uh 35 millimeter 2.4 and then i have voigtlander's 75 millimeter uh lens mm -hmm. for them which is also manual focus um, yeah i gotta inter i gotta interject here sir sir how how <laughs> dare you how dare you manual focus <laughs> is a tried and true system and it is easier than ever before to pull focus you have uh, a feature called peaking in these modern Fujifilm cameras. What I'm excited about is that's that true, yeah. you get this thing, okay? You go into your menu settings on Fujifilm. You turn on peaking if you feel uncomfortable. Turn it to mm -hmm. yellow so you can really see it, uh, see the separation in your subject. And then again, you, you pull a little tab. I'm looking at this. They have a nice little tab that you can pull on um, to pull focus. And when you see the yellow line up, you snap the picture and you're good to go. What's nice think... about this is that you're bringing the innovations that Leica really champions is that super small portable optics that give you uh, great and unique characteristics in your images. And I think that's what's cool about this is when you see a brand mm -hmm. entering this space, bringing more energy and attention to the Fujifilm ecosystem, whether you're getting this lens or not, it just is overall, I believe, a great thing for Fujifilm users. You have more options now. You have more options now. You know, it's uh, it's kind of interesting that, you know, they're kind of entering this with this kind of focal length, too, because that 35 millimeter from Fuji is like kind of a legendary lens, although like it is slow and maybe maybe with all the things that you just kind of recommended, it might actually be faster to manually focus this lens compared to some of the 35 millimeters that Fuji has. And more and accurate, maybe and more accurate yeah, because it's and, manual. You decide. 
Yeah, and it, especially with Fuji lenses, maybe I'm scarred by Fuji lenses because they fo- like they have like the focus by wire kind of thing, right? So it's hard to really nail the focus with with that. It's so inconsistent. So maybe this one will be something I want to try out. But it's interesting to see that they're kind of entering at this focal length because I think Fuji is going to pick up on this and they're going to uh, recognize that this is probably going to be a kick in the pants and they need to start upgrading some of the uh, older lenses that people really love you know you know there's two things i take away one is that and again we didn't mention this but another value is that you're they're bringing lenses that have from what i see a proper distance scale right Mm -hmm. along and it's all manual focus so another thing is that you can just sort of sort of range find it right Mm -hmm. where if you can know you know where the tab is right and you can pull focus by knowing okay this is going to be infinity especially in bright environments you mm-hmm. don't need the peaking, right? You can just have the optical viewfinder on your X Pro 3 or uh, whatever it may be and just work that and still capture great images that are in focus just by doing mm-hmm. it the way zone focusing that people in the Leica world have been doing it. And another thing is, I think that looking at this, Fuji now has an excuse not to do uh, lenses with distance scales and all this kind of stuff. They're so big, like to divert energy here. I think for them now, they can be like, okay, cool. You guys can take care of that. It's too small of a market for our attention. And they can go do their traditional thing, which they have been doing is Mark II lenses that are upgrading the autofocus system, bringing in weather sealing, and then keeping the same optical mm-hmm. formula. I think the overall excitement here, and you know, we don't want to go on too long, is that now there is more choice. So for the person that's a bit of a traditional street photographer that wants a distance scale, okay with manual focusing, boom, you got something here coming out. And for a lot of other people, probably a bigger part of the audience that want great optics, weather sealing, and focusing speed improvements, well, Fuji's focusing on that. So yeah, all in all, I think we agree. I think we agree that it's overall just a good thing. Yeah, it is cool. It's and the lens looks beautiful. Like you got to see a picture of this. Uh, you sent me that uh, the rumor site there, and uh, it looks really nice. Like it's a, it looks like a cool lens if it's nice and sharp and everything like that. Like that's going to be a, a a pretty big competitor, I think. So it'll be cool. Awesome, awesome. We got to move on because this one really came out of left field for me. I, I mean, maybe I wasn't mm-hmm. following it closely enough, but Sony, they're releasing a new camera there was some direction here but we actually have some pictures and Mm -hmm. a a sort of like uh introduction video leaked as well where (laughs) some sony reps were walking through the video Uh, a little embarrassing on their part but it is apparently called the sony zv e10 and it sort of looks like if a sigma fp and a sony a6000 series camera came together to make a sort of video-centric content creator camera. You have Mm -hmm. a 24 megapixel APS-C sensor, according to these rumors again, uh, 4K 30p, S-Log 2, S-Log 3, no Cinetone that you'd see from the cinema lineup, but you still get S-Log 2, S-Log 3. Um, There's supposed to be a mic jack and a headphone jack. Apparently it doesn't have this new Sony menu system and it's not using their uh, FZ batteries. But looking at this, camera and from what do you see here like what interests you the most what sort of like automatically grabs your attention 
Yeah, so uh, what's really cool about this camera is, you know, it's almost like a ZV-1, you know? Like, uh, the, the problem that I had with the ZV-1 is it has, like, a, the one-inch sensor. Um, and, you know, not that one-inch sensors are bad. It's just not my personal preference. This is the an APS-C version of, like, the ZV-1. Uh, two features that I really like. The product showcase feature comes to this camera in a much, like, a larger sensor kind of form. It's an interchangeable lens camera, which is great. So to have that product feature um, kind of thing, it, that's going to be pretty cool. I, I love that feature in the, like the ZV-1, uh, but it also carries over the mic. Uh, and the mic on the ZV-1 was pretty sick. Uh, I loved how it sounded because like you don't need an external like Rode VideoMic Pro Plus or anything like that on top of your small little camera. Uh, so the fact that they're bringing it over to this is pretty interesting. I think Sony is in like 2030 with the way that they're developing like the built-in mics. Uh, but the bit, the video specs better be hype on this camera. Like it, it I think it, it has to have at least a hundred megabits per second because that'll put it kind of on par with the 6,000 series cameras. Um, and I think this is going to be a slick little camera that it, it could be a run and gun kind of camera or something you leave on the tripod at home. And when you get a good idea, you just sit down in front of it and just start making something. So I, I'm excited to try this one out for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this thing, and like you said, it looks like a ZV, but in the direction, a ZV-1, but in the direction with an APS-C camera, a little bit bigger. Uh, the mm -hmm. two things that stand out for me is, one, my hands already hurt looking at that grip. It looks like a very slimmed-down grip, so <laughs> yeah. I, I hope that there's a, a bit of a an attachment or an accessory that they sell to give it a, a, a better or more, mm -hmm. I guess, for those people that need more to hold on to uh, for this camera. The other thing I'm looking at, it looks like it's the digital hot shoe. So I wonder if that top handle that came with the Sony FX3, that digital top handle that has XLR. Yeah, that's true. Imagine you can buy that separately oh, and use it here. And essentially you have a really good Sony sensor, fantastic autofocus, and now pro audio you could throw in. Like this is sort of the poor man's FX3 and you're still being able to potentially capture S-Log2, S-Log3. Like that is a kind true. of a killer combination. I mean... To even yeah, say it's I a poor even... man's FX3 is maybe even a bit of an understatement. <laughs> what do you think? I... Yeah, I didn't even really even clue into that. That's that's such a good point. Um, that that would be phenomenal if we can get XLR and then have like the built-in microphone as like your run and gun kind of option when you kind of want to get a little more serious. You plug in the XLR adapter. That would be slick. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. This could be the camera to to get, and I bet it's probably gonna somewhat be priced around. I'm I'm guessing around like twelve hundred, thirteen hundred somewhere around there. So if it's priced uh, correctly, this could actually be a, a very big deal for someone who is looking to um, get a, get something that's really like solid, that's gonna last you, but it's still kind of in that mid to entry level kind of realm. Uh, I'm excited about this camera, so. Amazing, amazing. Well, listen, we, we there's a, again, if you've been listening to the show, there's so much coming out, so much that's being hinted toward. We can't wait. And especially when we get hands on, uh, we'll be sure to mm -hmm. share our thoughts when we actually go hands on with these things in future episodes. But enough of all of this. It's that time of the show again. And uh, I forgot to add my addition here, but I'm going to divert to you anyway. It is creator draft picks. Anthony, mm -hmm. you had a killer recommendation last time. <laughs> a killer. An absolute uh killer and you don't know well you got to go back to the last episode and listen 
What do you have for us this <laughs> week? What is your creator draft pick uh, this week? I can tell you, I, I'm sleeping like a baby these days for sure. So after that last episode, <laughs> so you'll definitely want to go back and listen to this one. Uh, but the past two weeks, I've actually been going through just all sorts of vendor content, building training tools for the Henry's employees. So I've seen like everything that the vendors have to offer. I've been on all of their social medias. I've been on all the YouTube videos. I've watched them all. <laughs> uh, and one vendor that actually kind of took me by surprise, and I'm just like kind of drooling over like their Instagram. And this is kind of like, it's kind of unexpected from an audio brand, right? So if you don't follow Road Mike on Instagram, man, they're, their photos are top notch. I'm sure it's more than one person. So I may as well, it's probably like, I guess the quality control over at road is like next level. Uh, this is a kind of two for one creator draft pick. Cause I felt like, you know, just going to say, follow road Mike on Instagram is, is just not enough. I saw they, this. They little... got all that. They got all that road money, man. They got all that road <laughs> microphone dollars. Come on. Yeah. Exactly. So I saw this little post that they had and uh, it, they they released this thing. It's called the Rode Thread Adapter. So it has a three-eighths, a five-eighths, and a quarter thread adapter. And it screws into this like small little keychain looking thing with a carabiner on the end of it. I was just like, okay, first of all, this Instagram is just unreal. Uh, and then I saw that little product. I was like, that is so like smart because all sorts of mics, all sorts of tripods, uh, gimbals, they have all these different threads. And if you can just uh, grab something that's gonna attach to your keychain and have that on the go, that's pretty slick. So uh, follow Road Mike on Instagram because their their page is just unbelievable. Uh, and then that that thread adapter, that's that's pretty slick. That's a cool little little thing that you could just have with you. I'm, I'm on the Henry site right now looking for this thing. I'm looking at it. It just got announced, right? <laughs> Yeah, I saw like a couple team. We got to ping I, them, get this on the site <laughs> and, and send us a couple. Come on now. Look at this thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, I hope I hope road hears the call out because like, I mean, th that was a pretty big plug for them. And <laughs> they got to send us a few thread adapters. Gadget wants a T-shirt. <laughs> hey, are you? Hey, listen, are you just here for the spot? Like, are you? Hey, I'm not going to knock it. I'm not going to knock it, man. Let's, let's go. Let's go road. Send us a few of these thread adapters, please. Please. Yeah, never have key. enough. Um, that was great, man. That was awesome. I have something that I probably should have talked about sooner, but anyone that joins me on a Zoom call or a conference call here in my office, uh, you might get a peek behind me sometimes when, when it is open, but I have a complete triple backdrop system set up literally mm -hmm. in this sliding closet, right? So I got... yeah. A bunch of mirrors here, and I could shift these mirrors out of play. I'm trying to paint a picture for you guys listening, okay? I'm trying to, almost like an audiobook, okay? You enter the office, <laughs> there's four mirrors, these large mirrors that go right up to the ceiling. And then you open them up, and you will see three different backdrops set up with a pulley system, all set up in the closet. So a lot of people that know about this kind of stuff, photographers in the space, like this is nothing crazy to them. But a lot of people that are up and coming creators, you know, parents that just want to take better pictures of their kids might have this space lying around, maybe in your garage. I don't know what your house looks like. I'm just saying that there <laughs> might be space that you're not taking advantage of. And for this, it is the Cameron AP125 Auto Pole Set. 
So you get this, and essentially it's these two poles that you can put one on the floor. Well, it's two poles, right? Yes. Okay, but it's an extending pole that you put it on the floor, go to your ceiling, and then you just clamp down. It locks into place. You get two of them, so they're you know your left and your right. And then there is a backdrop holder kit that goes and clamps onto these that gives you three spots to hold essentially a bar, right? And with mm -hmm. this kit, you can then get a savage backdrop of different colors. I went over to Home Depot and just got a PVC tube that slides in between the backdrop inside of it, throw a little oh. bit of tape on the inside so there's friction there. And look, I'm not gonna give you a full tutorial on a podcast. You might have to watch the video for this, but you have now, I have now a triple backdrop system in, in a closet, literally in, mm -hmm. in essentially a closet. Whenever I want to take product photography, whenever I want to take portraits of my son, any of this kind of, there's just no excuse now because you just have this ready and just so easy. It's a pulley system so I can switch out different colors. I can get different kinds of backdrops and swap, swap them out. I should have talked about it sooner, but if you're looking for that project to do, uh, if you just want to be able to take nicer pictures at home, especially product images where you can pull something out, have a different color, swap between three different colors and just make it easier so you can create more. Again, it's an auto pull set from Cameron, available at Henry's. This thing you definitely have to check out. And I think it's like $100 off uh, right now. So it's like incredibly cheap as well. It's like 150 bucks for this thing. And you can set up a professional photo backdrop kit at home. What else do you need, Anthony? What yeah. else do you need? so key for somebody who is you know living in a smaller apartment or anything like that and wants to do even like headshots or anything like that um i did a similar kind of thing i except i i just used to just tape a, a piece of paper to the wall uh and it's a really ghetto way to do it but uh yeah this thing is actually so like i can definitely uh We've I can all get down with this one We've all been there. I mean, like that's essentially for me. Like I, I was there too, or like taping up mm -hmm. this, and then I would actually use um, a typical backdrop kit where you have like the two mini little tripods that go up, and it just takes so much space. This actually takes mm -hmm. up less space, and it's just readily available. So again, it's the Autopole set from Cameron, available at Henry's. Check it out; you won't be disappointed. And with that, that's the show, Anthony. That's the that's show. It. Thank you all for listening. If you're not already, be sure to review us on iTunes, subscribe to the show. If you're on Spotify, recommend it to your friends and we will see you next time.